Why would your heart become the enemy? It seems strange to even say, right? Because your heart doesn't have boundaries. If left to its own devices, it would love without regard for self. Think of the people you love dearly. Maybe it's a partner or a sibling or children or friend. Think of all the things you did for someone that you love. All the sacrifices you make, all the times you go without so they can thrive, all that stuff. In fact, human beings will go so far as to say they would die for someone else. But that is just our hearts talking here. Romeo and Juliet are the classic examples of the heart loving without a regard for self. The heart is only concerned with spreading and giving love. If the mind was not part of the equation, the mind-heart connection, I pretty much think the heart would just love and forgive and love and forgive and love and forgive without ever noticing the effects on the self. Think about it. We would love people who harm us. We would love people who are trying to take advantage of us even if it is a threat to our lives. I mean, I've been in relationships like that. I have loved without regard to the substance that I needed for long periods of time. It was all off balance. My heart was leading the way and I ignored my mind. I didn't feel confident that my mind was saying the truth or was saying anything that was smart. So. I disregarded it. You may think it is all noble and good to love completely and freely. And sure, when you say it like that, yeah, I believe it too. And sure, women are especially taught that we should be doing this at all times. Being loving, and I put this in quotes because it isn't really actually being loving. It's just the job that women folk are supposed to do, right? It doesn't matter if it's actually doing that or not. It's just this act that we're supposed to be doing all the time and without regard for ourselves. So people pleasing, lack of self-love, lack of self-compassion are a few of the things we cultivate when we let the heart lead with wild abandon. Now, let me just say one thing about wild abandon. Sure, sure, 100%. At times it's thrilling, it's incredible, it's worth every minute no doubt about it. There are times in life where loving with wild abandon is incredible. It's amazing. It's what's needed to feel so good. And when it's in the flow, man, it's great. It's great. But it isn't always in the flow. The flow comes and goes. And by flow, I mean when it's all clicking, when everyone's on the same page, it's magic. And when you're in the flow of love with wild abandon, oh my God, it's incredible. But you're not always there. It's That's not true for every moment of your life. So, okay, I feel like I need to say something here. You can love someone and have boundaries. You can love someone unconditionally and still expect that they love and respect you as you do them. No one is saying that love should be conditional. I am saying healthy love has a reverence for self. There's a balance there. It is the balance that we should be striving for. And I'll talk about that in a moment. It's easy to get out of balance. Your heart sees suffering and it feels like it needs to help. It's just a natural reaction, right? The suffering can be people you know, people in the news, people on social media, animals, even yourself, random people you see like on the subway or whatnot. Immediately when you see those people, 
your heart is always trying to help. You always feel that pull, right? As the saying goes, your, your heart aches for them. You want to help them because you are energetically bound by love. You know, we're all connected in that way. So some people view this sort of reaction in a love space to being weak. So they try to turn it off. They try not to show the desires of the heart. They feel that people will take advantage of them or that people make fun of them. In general, emotions are not really valued by at least Americans. We consider it a weakness. No one wants to see a coworker cry or stranger suffering. We have never been given any tools to deal with that. We just look away because we're afraid to interact and we don't know how. When we ignore the heart, it hurts ourselves. We feel mean or uncaring. We feel bad that we didn't help. We feel angry that that one person was crying and it made us feel uncomfortable. We'll even like justify people's suffering as well. They brought it on themselves and things like that. So we don't have to deal with it. We judge the person because of judging, we can affirm the boundary the mind has made. Maybe it's something like, don't get involved with weirdos or, well, they did that to themselves, so whatever. The mind can begin to see the heart as an enemy or a threat because the heart has no boundaries to keep you safe. So you start kind, your mind starts thinking that when the heart goes off, oh, that's a bad thing. That's a threat to us because they're going to do something that's going to put them in danger, right? But what about the mind? The heart is the threat to the mind because it has no boundaries. Boundaries are made in the mind. Boundaries are made in the mind. The mind makes boundaries to keep you safe. The fear steers the boundary process. So it's important to keep fear from growing so large, your boundaries become really rigid and big and you become like afraid of everything. Balance the mind and heart. They are connected like yin and yang. It's a balancing act. For example, your heart wants to love a person you met on a blind date, but your mind says, you don't know them very well. Be careful. It's working off fear. You might be past experiences fear or things you've seen or conditioning you've had, but it's working off a fear model. Your process should be to meet in the middle. Wow, I had a great time with this person. Maybe I should get to know them better. Something like that. Not, yeah, I can't see them anymore. They have the potential to be a bad person because everyone has potential to be a bad person. Or swinging all the way to the other side and being like, I love them and I know they're fine, so I'm going to trust everything they do. You know, there's a balance there. Say you want to make friends with your neighbor. Your mind will say, keep them at bay. They might want to use your washer and dryer and they might want to use it all the time if they find out you have one. But your heart will say, this friend, give them anything they ask for. It's okay. But what is the balance? Move more so slowly, start with hello. What is your boundaries with the washing machine? Determine that earlier so that you have it in your mind and it's in your toolkit if they ask to use the washing machine. Maybe they never ever will. It might be something as small as your heart says, let the person behind you go in front of you. They only have a few things. But your mind says, what if they're going to buy something that'll take forever to purchase or they forgot their wallet or some other weird thing and you're standing behind them forever waiting to go? What do you do? Where is that balance for you? So fear sets the stage in the mind. It's the driving force for a worry or concern in the case of the heart. Fear is not knowing what will happen 
if you open your heart. So that fear comes into play because it's a big unknown if you open your heart. It could go good, it could go bad, it could be somewhere in the middle, you don't know. So fear steps in to kind of stop that and protect you. And your mind, that's that's the cue for your mind to set a boundary. The mind and the heart are always in conversation with each other. It's your job to find the balance. Sometimes you can decide to take a chance, like the person behind you at the grocery store who wants to buy a loaf of bread, or it could be saying, hi to a new neighbor. There are so much call for the heart from others, yet we are afraid we do not let them in. This is easy to let fear slip in and start throwing your heart off balance. You can become fearful of your own heart, so much so that you close yourself off to feeling love or compassion. The fear or rejection or being unloved, so the heart becomes the enemy because your fear is not being loved or rejection or putting yourself out there and having somebody laugh at you or whatever it might be. The mind thinks that love will turn out badly, so it protects you from it and you become fickle and uncaring, or at least you act like that so you can stay safe. Another thing to note is that the mind will rationalize fear easily, and you are so close to the situation that's taking place in your life, you might not have a clear perspective, and that will allow the mind to really blow up fear into something much bigger than it might be normally. You may be working off fears that you have in some way to bring you to the opposite of what you're looking for. Like what I mentioned before, you become fearful of rejection that you unknowingly have made your heart the enemy. Sometimes fear works in what you might think is the reverse. For example, you are afraid of never being loved. You may find yourself getting into relationships that don't serve you or even abusive relationships simply because you have the fear that you are not lovable. So anyone that offers you the so-called love or something that resembles love is worth pursuing, even if there's a ton of red flags or they aren't treating you well. Many people get into abusive relationships this way. I'm one of them. The fear creates a boundary that is working in reverse. The boundary is never let go of someone who may be offering you love, regardless of the costs, rather than this person is not genuine, perhaps I should move on. Then there is the mind overthinking things, making issues out of nothing, storing up anxieties that might not be valid and that kind of stuff. And then you play off them. You create a boundary that maybe isn't really so balanced. So it's the balance that is needed. But how do we achieve this balance? It's a lifelong journey, my friends. You will not be perfect at achieving the balance every time. But you can do things to help you be more accurate, more in balance, more of the time. In fact, working with this balancing act is a is very valuable in life. It helps you to truly determine who you want to be. In this trial and error, you learn more and more about yourself. If you are reflecting on the outcomes, you are able to be better at finding a balance and you open yourself up to more experiences. Working with and when to take the chance with your heart and to listen to your mind can help you experience new things and meet new people. And when there is a time for a cause for a pause, it is actually positive for you to actively be working on this balancing. Here are a few things you can do to help identify balance. Trust your instincts, your gut trust your body and how it feels. I did a podcast on this and I will put it in the description and link it at the end, but learn to realize that your body is trying to tell you something. Take a moment. Number two, take a moment to meditate on the tough choice. 
Even if thinking on it for five minutes can help you get clarity, do it. Sometimes I breathe deeply and slowly until I can formulate an idea about the situation. Sometimes not knowing is really just not having processed the situation fully. And once you do, you'll know what to do. So just take a moment, you know, pause. It might even be like you take 24 hours or a week or something like that. Take as much time as you need. And as the situation is able, three, reflect on the choices you make. Look at the tools you can use for the next time. So after you've made a choice, whether it be good or bad, reflect on it or in the middle or whatever. I don't even want to say good and bad. I shouldn't be saying that. I should be saying your choices, the choices that you made in a situation. Did it work for you? Did it not work for you? Are there any tools you can take from that? Like, oh, I paused and then the person came back with a different idea and I didn't even have to create a boundary, something like that. If you let the mind be too rigid and you do things that are just too black and white, like for example, say, you know, you're very rigid and you shut your partner out on something. Maybe you held back love because the fear you have, reflect on it. Talk about it with them if you can. Acknowledge that you overreacted and maybe you have a reverse boundary you need to work on and explain to them why you did what you did and even ask them for help if you can. So reflect on your choices and see what other options are and maybe explore those. Or every once in a while, take a look at your boundaries. Ask yourself if they are serving you. If you need to be looking at them and updating them, if your boundaries need to be let go or others need to be formulated. For example, say you used to have boundaries with your beloved when you first started dating and you didn't know them very well then, but now you're very close and you've been in a relationship for six years. It's time to trust more and let go more or let them in more to change your boundaries with them. Like sometimes naturally we're just doing this as we get to know people more, but other times it is good to reflect on them. This is a lot of times boundaries are defense mechanisms that we've learned from long ago that we keep putting into place without us really realizing it. Five, when you lose the balance, it's okay. Reestablish a new balance if you can. You can always change things. Things are can always be changed, right? You know, for the most part, learn from it. And if, if you can't change it, learn from it, evaluate it. Like I said, either way, as I said before, it's a lifelong journey. So be kind to yourself. The biggest takeaway here is other than finding balance, is that you need to let your heart be free sometimes. If you have too many boundaries and too much fear, your mind will shut down your heart. If you let your mind think the heart is a threat or the enemy, you will lose out on a lot of love, both giving and receiving. If you allow this to happen, you will not find long lasting. Love.